My name is Megan. I won't tell you my last name, mostly because I hate the Family Guy references. Animorphs has helped me find friends throughout my entire life. I bonded with my oldest friend in middle school because of a love for Animorphs. Is anyone really surprised I have an Animorphs podcast? My name is Alex. And I'm Tim. How are you guys doing tonight? Moderately well-rested. Good to hear. Uh, I I, I would say that that is a fair assessment. I will also go with moderately well-rested. Wow. I had today off completely, no rehearsal, no work. I took a nap last night when I got home that turned into (laughs) like a three-hour nap. Very nice. A sleep equal to that I had had the night before. Um, Watched a lot of Riverdale. Went to the grocery store. Pre-measured my blend of coffee beans that I use in my cold brew. And put them in mason jars to get me through the next week. Uh, So I have one fewer thing I have to do to make coffee each night in the morning. As I get ready to go into tech next weekend. Very nice. I have to change my answer. I am now a touch frustrated. What is wrong? My, one of my sports teams, which I gave up on earlier today to drive home, came back and, no, not that one, but they, uh, and if you could bleep that out, I don't want them to know where I come from, (laughs) but, uh, they, uh, no, the other one, they came back and won after I left. I don't know what the other one is. Uh, the Braves. Oh, okay. They were losing one nothing all game and I left for the last inning. Didn't realize baseball was still a thing. Playoffs. The Braves have already clinched the division title. Oh, is it a playoff game? Yes. Holy thought yes. we were going into the World oh. Series and or the World Series had already happened. Uh, it should because it's October, but that it, it, it happens later now. Because global warming. Because of global warming, <laughs> yes. Good to know. Good to know. As much as I'm sure Jake and Marco might enjoy that conversation, yeah. <laughs> we should probably actually talk about our Cassie book this week. The Sickness. Yeah, I mean, I tapped out on following the Braves closely enough after they hired a uh, relief pitcher who shall not be named, but is named Dan Cole. <laughs> he, he, this, every time I mention the Braves, I, I, I apparently, like, just kind of poke this old wound for Alex because he brings that player up every time. All I'm saying is they went how many years? Oh, really, two my God, decades? we are not a Braves baseball <laughs> podcast. Stop it. Both of you. And then his ass blew their almost 20-year record. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Hey, do y'all know why this was the perfect book for us to read right now? Because I've got a cold. The... <laughs> well, that works, too. Um, there are things that happen in life that some people would call coincidences. And I say no. These are signs that there are is, there is something that, that is holding this universe together and directing us in our lives. And it happened on page 65 of this book when Cassie grabbed a Pop-Tart to leave. <laughs> I knew that I was in the right place in my life. This is so, starting kind of a weird, <laughs> a weird string of tangents on my part that segue into the next book. Yeah. There's the Pop-Tart thing. And then before that was uh, defining what makes us steer. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So the next book is going to be Megamorphs 3. So I cannot wait to hear. Basically because it's Megamorphs. I don't know if you remember even what that one's about. 
Um, I stumbled across my copy while rooting through the box with my books in it for this one, so I did see the title and I know which one it is. Okay. I have not looked at the title yet, so I'm going to wait for Alex to 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 divine the future and let okay. me know what my prediction should be this podcast. Well, before we do that, we should discuss the sickness. Okay. The gang goes to a dance. Axe gets sick, and a peaceful Yurk helps everyone escape. Axe has a fever, and the gang will have to remove his tria gland, which is in his head. The peaceful Yurk lets them know that Aftran, the other peaceful Yurk, is in trouble at the Yurk pool. The gang is going to morph eels and follow the water supply to the Yurk pool, while Eric watches Axe. As they are traveling the pipes... They realize that Jake has the same disease as Axe. They exit the water supply through a hose pointed at a fire. They bird to safety. Now Rachel is sick. Mr. Tidwell, who is holding the peaceful Yurk, says that Aftran's interrogation got moved up. Then Marco and Tobias get sick. Cassie is alone. She goes to Mr. Tidwell and morphs his Yurk. She pilots Mr. Tidwell to McDonald's for access to the Yurk pool. Cassie is in the Yurk pool. When she sees where Aftran is, right about that time when Visser 3 wants to start in the interrogation. Cassie yurks a young girl and rescues Aftran. Then she morphs an osprey and flies away to safety with Aftran in her talon. Cassie and Aftran arrive back as Axe is in crisis. Cassie still doesn't know how to help Axe, so she puts Aftran in his head to help. Axe is saved, but is angry at this violation. Aftran wants to die before she starves, but the gang finds a better way and takes her to the blue cube. Aftran morphs a whale and moves on to live in the deep blue sea any of you ever disrespects cassie again after this book <laughs> oh <laughs> no I, I will give you that right now cassie is incredibly badass like super badass i would never have been able to do that so my my re- my I, I judge the books based on my reaction to it, and me screaming at this book to put the Yurk in Axe's head tells me that I was super <laughs> into this one. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed this book a lot, and then I'm guessing it was based on the, 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 what is it, what do you call dedications it? Dedications page? Yeah, dedications page, thank you. Uh, to Melinda Metz, I'm guessing that this is ghostwritten, but it yes. was very well ghostwritten. It was a good one. Yes, it was one of the better uh, ghostwritten books, for sure. Yes. Uh, it definitely led me to realize, like, the one potentially fatal flaw of the Animorphs. They come up with great ideas to get into places, not to get out. It that is accurate. It was Marco that said that in his, you know, sickened state. He's like, what are you going to do when you when you do this? You know, and it kinda... I think he was talking more about, like... The Yurk, but it does kind of yeah. summarize all of it. It's like, okay, now that yeah. you've done it, what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, like, even still, turning them to eels, you come up through the toilet, which, wow, now I understand why I feared that growing up so much. <laughs> um, how do you get from the bathroom toilet to the yerk pool and then out? Look, no one said it was a good plan. They were letting Marco make it. <laughs> That's fair. Wasn't, weren't they saying that there was a water supply feeding directly into the York pool? Did I misread that? Did they actually say that they were going to come out of the toilets? They said they were going to come out of the toilets. Oh my goodness, I just glazed right I, over that part, sure. I guess. I just know that they were talking about how there would need to be water because there are toilets and stuff. Yeah. Yes. But you may be oh, right. Oh, I do remember just, that now. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So... To start at the beginning, I really, really love the fact that we got some normal Animorph life. We got some typical teenage girl angst. Uh, not angst, but like Cassie and Jake are definitely a thing and it's very solid and I don't think anything can break it up anytime soon. And it's still not known. Like Jake is Mr. Popular and Cassie is that farm girl. And so I really like the fact that they're kind of coming out with their relationship. And uh-huh. that 
everybody got like a moment of normal being dragged out with their relationship by rachel <laughs> you know what <laughs> yes i like that because it's it 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 shows how rachel handles like conflict uh, sc- <laughs> yeah school social interactions the same way that she would handle you know animal war and it's just like no 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 no! you're not doing that these two are together and you know i'm cutting that off right now yeah. you I two do really get over yourselves yeah, yeah i i do appreciate that they didn't just storm off or anything like rachel is the one who hears someone talking about her in the bathroom and instead yeah. of like hiding in another stall until they leave she's the one busting open the door absolutely yeah. <laughs> i enjoy learning that uh apparently axe and tobias get together for austin powers movie ma- movie <laughs> night i mean it was probably just on cable but yeah <laughs> I mean, I do like the fact that Tobias and Axe hang out more and more. I mean, you know, family first. All that good stuff. (laughs) Shorms before norms. There you go. That one actually works. I like that one. Yeah. So, Alex, how much of this did you remember? Um, very little. Honestly, I remembered the broad arc of somewhere, somewhere in the series, there is a book where Cassie is a complete badass. Yeah. This was that book. Um, But things like Mr. Tidwell being a sympathetic yerk, like as soon as he's like, oh, I know this boy's parents. I was like, oh, he must be another Chi. Oh, yeah. Because there's no way he'd know Axe's parents. Or that Axe is a student. Yeah. And clearly if he's saying that to Chapman, he's playing Chapman. So, that's the real question. How did Axe get into the dance in the first place? I guess he could have morphed in something small, morphed to Andalite in a stall, and then morphed to human. Probably. Because usually you have to go to a school to go to their dance. Yeah, Tobias is there, and he doesn't go to the school either. Well, maybe he also flew in and morphed into himself. Yeah, I'm trying to remember middle school dances if you could bring someone from outside. Mine you definitely could not. Um, I only remember one big dance, and I went with a group of people. I also, like, how many people go to their school? If it's like, you know, like it a maybe a bigger big, school. Yeah, yeah, if it's a bigger school, then they could do it without any problem. Not if you've got to have some sort of student ID or something. This is the 90s. Yeah, I never I had know. a student ID until I was in college. Okay, this is probably a couple of years before I ever had a student yeah, ID. Fair enough. I definitely didn't in elementary school. Middle school, maybe my eighth grade year. We also aren't sure of the breakdown of schools. I mean, it could be that they're... I think we've all kind of assumed that they're about 13, 14. Yeah. So the question is, yeah. is this a school that goes 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, like we kind of all went to? Or is it like where my sister went, where it was like, I think it was 8th and 9th were together in like junior high, and then it was 10th, 11th, and 12th were high school. So if it's more of like that 8th and 9th grade, they may allow students from outside. So there was a difference between middle school and junior high school? Were yes. You... Oh. A I... middle school I is 6th, 7th, were... and 8th. A junior high is only 8th, or is only 7th and 8th. No, that's not how my sister's was. That's how mine was. My sister's was, middle school was maybe 5th, 6th, and 7th, or at least 6th and 7th. So where was the 6th grade? Middle school, for sure. So... My school system changed while I was in junior high from a middle sc- or from a junior high setup to a middle school setup. Okay. So we had basically we had it subdivided pretty narrowly. There was one set of schools that was K through two, one that was three and four, one that was five and six. Then you went to the junior high for seventh and eighth, then the high school. No, junior high was definitely eighth and ninth for my sister. For my last year, when it became 
the middle school, it became 6th, 7th, and 8th. And they shuffled around the elementary schools, so instead of there being, like, six of them that were that division, there were, like, four of them that were all K through 5. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know that those terms were not interchangeable. I think it kind of, I mean, like... Having family that, like, siblings that went to different states and different school systems, it's all arbitrary. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. That's so it all. could be used interchangeably. Yeah, because, like, yeah. if I had stayed in my original hometown, it wouldn't, I don't think we had middle school. I think it went elementary, junior high, high school. There's so. also a trend that is more recent over the last seven, eight years to go to something called a freshman academy and have sometimes eighth and ninth, sometimes just ninth as the bottom level of the high school, but have them in a separate building. It it makes a lot of sense to separate kids, like, to not have kids that are massively different in age at the same school. School is weird, and (laughs) they change it every year. Yeah, that's also true. But the point is, they all went to a dance. Cassie wore makeup and a dress. And heels. She couldn't run in those shoes she was wearing. It was a big deal. She got to dance with Jake. And she acknowledges that Cassie, not Cassie, Rachel and Tobias are a thing. And she hoped that they got a few moments of their own. Also, she had, she and Jake only kissed once and she would like to do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just really nice. Like, it, it, it's a break and the constant, oh my god, we're all about to die. Just to remember, like, these are kids doing normal teen things. And despite the fact that they are this badass group saving the world, oh god, the anxiety of someone else moving in on your man. Yeah. I also like the kind of, of implied arc for this for Cassie that is, and we'll see what happens when we get around to 34 or whatever, but the implied arc that is nice is different from good. She's yeah. so preoccupied at the top of this and being nice, and can she be nice again when this is over? She does a lot of stuff in this that isn't nice, but is definitely good. Yeah. I, I don't know what y'all thought about as the, I guess, the big moral conflict in this book, but it was very obvious and jumped out at me huge. It happens at the end of this book, so I don't <laughs> know if you want to wait till the end of it to talk about it. Go ahead. But I started. was I was very conflicted when, when Axe wakes up angry because somebody performed a medical procedure on him that he does not agree with. No, that's not what happened. Yeah, no, he was all for the medical procedure. It was... Yeah. Uh, the nurse who Cassie had scrub yeah, but, in, who was well, more of the uh, I don't know okay. if it was necessarily angry or just, like, terrified. No, that's exactly what happened, is it if, if he had had the same medical procedure done without the yerk, which wouldn't have been possible, thereby making it not a medical procedure that could have happened, if that makes sense, right? Here's, here's so, what I will say. I do think Axe's initial shock was probably, oh god, oh god, oh god, what has happened? There's a yerk in my head, I've been unconscious, and there's a yerk in my head. Yes. Sure. I think Axe's continued damn yerk is Axe being racist. Speciest? Speciest. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he, just he even makes a comment like, about it at the end of the book, though. Or he's like, well, hey, I had a yerk in my head, you know? Um, Axe, Andalites are so black and white, is what we've kind of come to learn. Yes. Is that, like, Andalite good, yerk bad, no one else matter. Yeah. And... I I I really read it more as like yes, Axe was mad, but he was more terrified. I mean, like Alex just said, waking up after being so sick and unconscious, and then you've got a fucking yerk in your head who then voluntarily leaves. Yeah, yeah. Like 
Not even the fact just that he then went, your filth was like, I, I really appreciated Cassie being like, bitch, that is the thing that saved your <laughs> life. Yeah, but okay, I, I agreed. Agreed with all that. But X doesn't seem to accept that because at one point he says, you should have just let me die. Well, and, and then at the end is, of it, he makes that comment. That is X's problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, but that's that's the interesting thing, though, right? Is does he have a natural right to not have, like, did Cassie cross a line by performing this procedure, which was would have been against his will? Again, legally, the procedure no. was not. There was no like DNR or yeah. There was yeah, no legally. No, it's there's a law that's like he okay. Just assuming it was two humans and let she came across a guy and like helped him and everything. So assuming you came across like a car and helped someone get out of the car and that caused them more damage, yes. you can't be sued for that. The Good Samaritan laws. Yes, thank you. Yes. I could not remember them. Yep. I think it kind of falls under a similar line. He at no point went just let me die prior to this. He kind of expected them to help. Like he's telling him where it is. Sure. As much as he can. Like he's hoping X doesn't want to die. Now, yes, he does also doesn't want to be infected by a yurt. Yeah. But he's also not like that yurt gets out as soon as it's like X is up. X is cool. I'm out. Well, and it's not even, she got out of his head as soon as she realized he was in distress by right, her yeah, being right. there. Like, I, I'm not disagreeing with any of y'all on any of your points. Like, it's it was wrong in my opinion of Axe to, to say this, but that's just kind of how I read it, is like, oh, you should have let me die. Well, wait, wait, hold on. Did, did, was a right violated, I guess? No. I don't think so, because I think that Axe is just being too black and white, I think. I mean, the real-world parallel sure. would be if someone came out of surgery and realized they had a nurse who was a person of color, or oh, queer. See, I don't or... see it that way, because it, it it was an implement of the 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 procedure i don't see it as a nurse it was someone coming in to help do the job and make sure the patient survived i see i looked at it more as if somebody doesn't want medical help and a doctor comes and helps them medically have you and violated their rights but that's, clearly that's the comparison. he wants medical help there's no question of that it's not about the what it's about the who but he wouldn't have taken that kind of medical help is my point it, it, that's why I think it translates better than a nurse. I don't think a so nurse qualifies. So how about qualifies. this anti-vax people? Yeah, I mean, it, it would definitely fall in that parallel. Like, that's a... Well, anti-vaxxing is nonsense. Also, this Agreed. book is about yeah, viruses. No, nobody's, nobody's saying that it's not nonsense. We, we, both, we all agree <laughs> that it's nonsense. Hey, listeners, it's October. Go get that flu shot, yeah? Yes, uh, agreed. Go get your flu shot. I don't care if you've never had the flu. It is constantly changing, and it does things like help people like me who are autoimmune suppressed keep from getting even more sick. I don't want the flu again. Herd immunity is an important part of the social construct, and if you should get the flu shot, you should. The flu shot itself does not have a live culture in it. You cannot get the flu from the flu shot. If you use the nasal spray, there is a small chance you could get it because that uses a live culture. Get the shot. Don't be a jerk. If you can't get the shot, your friends should be getting the shot, the more you know. Um, so do we want to continue talking about Axe Gainsick and how it affects, or do we want to go more about the York peaceful movement? We got two big things going on here. Uh, either one's fine with me. Yep. Uh, um, actually, let's swing another way. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've realized it. Maybe it's... But it seems like the last few Cassie books have been very much about Cassie either by herself or at the most with one other person. And I don't know what that means or why or if Cassie just can't like none of her books seem to be group books. Except for uh, maybe number nine, I guess, was the last one that was kind of like a group book. I was thinking about this a little bit earlier um, in a slightly different context that was was sort of 
nodded to by the book, but I don't remember exactly what that context was. I do think there is probably something intentional to it. Because if you take kind of Cassie's general role in the team as mediator, as voice of reason, as maybe... The moral backbone. Yeah, I was going to say maybe the voice of, of... Yeah, moral backbone's a good way to put it. Um, there is not inherently a lot of external conflict in the act of mediation. It's other people's conflict. So I think to take Cassie and build a conflict, especially because her role does tend to hinge on morality, it is more effective to do that by basically pitting her against herself. I think that's fair. Um... And I think there's also a, a sort of through line to to the ways that those questions are coming up for her. Because it's gone from being, is it wrong to morph something with a mind, to or with consciousness, to, in this case, a, a, a book where she doesn't really have the luxury of decision on entirely moral grounds. She has, the, has to make decisions based on what will do the most good in the long run across a wider system. I mean, even going back to the book that introduced Aftran, she she faced the choice there. Basically, the trolley problem in reverse, instead of the five strangers versus a friend, <laughs> five friends versus a stranger. Yeah. And she did the thing she felt was right because from the hopeful position she was in, maybe the optimistic position she was in, she felt one-on-one that she could do this thing that would have this cascading effect. That was the right thing. In this case, it's very much like she has to live with the consequences of that. And only she can bear those consequences. And also in the terms of the story, like she ends up being the only one who can address them. But also it changes the scope from I have to make this decision that could eventually hurt everyone to I can only do this one thing and my friend may die. And the person I'm trying to save, even if I'm successful, may die. But I have to take the one path that seems, if not nice, good straight through. Like, it's it's an evolution of that. But I think because it started that way, like you said, Nine was the last maybe group story for her. Because yeah, it started of... that way so early, like, it kind of has to stay on this solo track in a way. Fourteen was Area 51. I don't remember if that was more of a group thing or not. I think that was but it's more definitely, group, yeah. But it's definitely 19 and 29, or Cassie versus Cassie. Yeah. And then 24 was just Cassie and Marco versus a bunch of little yeah. aliens. And so. And her motivation is so internal anyway. It's not, mm-hmm. hey, my brother's been yerked. Hey, my mother's been yerked. Hey, I've turned into a bird. Hey, my people fight their people. It's. I want to save Earth. I want to save the world. Yeah. I can't remember what 19 was. What was 19? 19's the one where she runs into Karen the first time. Karen yeah. and Afron. Oh, that was 19. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually. Cassie book four is the one that I can always remember. I'm actually kind of impressed that I'm able to go nine was the wolf, 14 horse. Like, sorry, a little impressed with myself right now. (laughs) I mean, I couldn't have done it. So again, it's always really good to see like all the characters do have different motivations and to see the arc of this and, you know, to kind of envision that Cassie is going to be the good saving grace for the rest of the series. Yeah. And whether or not that is true and what decisions she makes. Uh, are going to be really interesting to see. I I don't remember if we see anything of the Yerk Peace movement. I really hope so. Um, because it's, this book is kind of like the answer to 19. Like, did I do something bad? But 
clearly Afrin has shared all this information with other Yerks. Like, Afrin wasn't the only one at risk. And what does that mean? It is interesting in this book how your good guy is your bad guy and your bad guy is your good guy from where I stood on book number one. You know, with the the two aliens involved on the operating table. There is a a clear, like, I'm trying to help and there's a clear, like, get that thing away from me. Mm-hmm. And it it did not appear that it could swing that way at all after the first few books of reading this. That was right. It's really fun to ask you things early on. Like, yeah. who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Yeah. Do you think it could ever, you know, be less black and white? And I think a lot of, in the hands of a lot of other authors, it, it always would have stayed close to black and white. Like, there would have been some shades of gray, but I don't think this clear cross would have Yeah, happened. I agree. Yeah. Uh, especially, like, you know, with all the things that we've, uh, well... I guess I can't say we because I'm older than everybody else, but all the things that I grew up with, and I know I've mentioned this before, it was it was definitely that way. There was the clear line, the good guy, the bad guy, and, and you know, never, never crossing, you know? And even if it did cross, it only crossed for a few minutes, and then it went back to the status quo before. But this is, yeah. you know, clear and definite that, you know, one side is agreeable to what, what we would see as as good, and one side is not in that instance. And I don't know, I wonder how much that translated when the book was first out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I don't, I I don't know how many authors that are around mine and Alex's age, um, or people that are in any kind of media actually read Animorphs. It's always fun to kind of see on Twitter when someone's like, hey, remember these books and like how much they kind of fucked up all of us. Yeah. Um, but I do think a lot of media these days is a little less black and actually a lot less black and white to the point where like when we were reading comics for panelology, it almost has become the trope in the opposite direction where it's like the villain with a heart of gold kind of thing, like Maleficent, that whole thing. I'm actually kind of glad that they're doing this sequel that kind of makes Maleficent look evil again because the whole you perceive me as evil, but I'm really not kind of thing. It is kind of... I don't want to say it's getting old, because I think everything should have layers. Yes. But it is kind of becoming a trope. There's a difference between providing and writing sympathetic villains, or relatable villains, and trying to spin, hey, the Empire is actually a force for good in the universe. Oh, good. That's different. Yeah. Like, at two different extremes, but we do, I think, swing sometimes in 2019 way closer to that latter option than I'd like. (laughs) So... How do we feel about this chain of command that kind of comes out? I, we've briefly talked about this in the past, I think, with a Rachel book. Yeah. But Jake gets sick and immediately Rachel steps in. So I have always, and I feel like this is not just true of Animorphs. And when I say always, I mean, obviously, when I read through these as a kid. I always made the assumption that the order of command was the order in which the books went. Yeah, I think you're you're right. And I'm when I say I'm sure this was not the only thing, I'm pretty sure like the title sequence on Power Rangers, I made the same assumption. Like the order that the turtles were called out in the theme song for Ninja Turtles, I made the same assumption. Like Leonardo, then Donatello, then Raph, then Mike. Like, that was always kind of the breakdown. Like, however they do their roll call, it's an order of command, essentially. <laughs> I think that's a good way of looking at it. I I think so, too. But I think so for different reasons. Like, I just assumed it was the person, and this doesn't make any sense now that I think about it out loud. Um, <laughs> I, I just kind of assumed it was the person, like, it was based on, like, not value to the story, but we'll say maybe screen time. 
even though that's not exactly what I'm saying. I think you know what I'm getting at. But I, I think it translates to sort of the same thing. Like, I, I, yeah, it's not like the Red Ranger is on the screen more than anybody else. But I think there was something sort of like, like, I wouldn't, if, have, I wouldn't have said chain of command to it. But I think it has the same result. If you were to, and it's interesting that you have the Power Rangers example, because like that one actually breaks down based on the order, because I'd argue after Jason, especially before Tommy shows up, like the most screen time goes to Kimberly, who was last in the roll call. Um, If memory serves, it went Jason, Trini, Billy, Zach, Kimberly. Yeah, that's yeah. That screen time is not 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 necessarily the person who was there the most, but I guess the the value to the story. Yeah, I think it's you easy. More? Maybe maybe that's what I'm trying to I say. Mean, I there, there was easy, definitely though, something to that. I think part of it gets into sort of the formula of this kind of team building, where I mean, it's easy for the leader character to be the character who gets the most screen time because it's yeah. interesting to say to see how they make decisions, how they are bearing this. Where at the other end of this line, usually you have you can make the case that this was Kimberly's role in Power Rangers. Um, it was unequivocally Michelangelo's role yeah. on Ninja Turtles, <laughs> and it's pretty much Marco's role here, like the comic relief, yeah. the funny one, the. The one who gets to say the quippy things to lighten the mood is usually last in the pecking order. Mm-hmm. Right. So, based on this book, the pecking order is Jake, Rachel, Marco, Tobias, Cassie. Yeah, but I think Axe would fall no, somewhere in there. Marco, Marco puts himself in the middle there. I don't think anybody See, else actually yeah, does. Marco puts himself there and 100% like, I read Cassie's response of, oh yes, you're the big dude, yes. as completely just mollifying. I, I, I read that the exact same way. I read it as like, she's realizing he's sick and just kind of like letting him talk. Oh no, I think she would have said that even if he wasn't sick. Just like, yeah, okay, good, yeah. You're, you're in charge now. Now let's go do what I'm actually talking about, okay? Um, I also think that realistically, given just sort of of either training in Axe's case or this headcanon that is extensive knowledge of military history, Tobias and Axe logically do go between Rachel and Cassie for me. Axe was out of commission here and Tobias was basically on recon, but like, I, I definitely thought about Cass- this for a long time today. <laughs> and as much as I love Rachel, I think Tobias would be a better second in command. And I think the only reason he's not is because he is not technically human anymore. And then that kind of way is that option of <sighs> I, I I I respectfully and wholeheartedly disagree that Rachel like there are times I wonder why Rachel is not the leader of this group. I she is because... my strong, strong number two if I can't have her as number one. I think especially the last few books, Tobias has proven that he's very level headed like Jake. Sure. And can make a decision. Rachel can't weigh all the options. Well and I and this I would agree with that. It's coming from too. someone who loves her to yeah. death. I, I I would probably agree with that too, but that would be the reason for the team in order to balance out the Rachel. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So well, but, but like Rachel why... by herself, I don't know how successful that would be. But I definitely, I she's she's I don't know always Rachel would necessarily two. listen. I kind of get the feeling that the more frustrated she gets, the more she'd be like, "We're doing it this way, fuck it all." Rachel cannot be team leader for the same reason that, and I say this knowing that in the current cartoon this is the case, and I am not sliding the current Ninja Turtles cartoon. I have not watched it. I do not have access to it to watch it. There is no value decision in it. <laughs> People have been shitty to the creative team behind it for design and story changes. 
which get over yourselves um we'll have to have a conversation about that because now i'm curious childhood ruined yeah well what are these story changes the primary one is and this is why i'm throwing in this now too lengthy aside (laughs) uh raf is the team leader in this one but you can't have in the typical ninja turtles power dynamic you cannot have leonardo or you cannot have raf as team leader for the same reason you cannot have rachel as team leader here there is too much rash decision yeah like Rachel's a good Rachel's a good second because Rachel only ever really needs to lead in that position when something is dire and yes. you need that extra push. You need that yes. berserker mode. I think like in terms of Tobias like in a in a sort of like I don't know Starfleet structure Tobias would make the perfect first officer. I agree. I just like like you're saying I think Rachel is great in that in the moment we need someone Jake's yeah. out of commission default to rachel but if jake is so out of commission like has to go out of town or something i think tobias would be a better second because i think what really good about jake that we've seen is that he understands his team he understands their strengths and their weaknesses and he listens to everybody yeah you know he has to make the ultimate decision at the end of the day which nobody else wants to do but i think that tobias has that ability but i think because jake came from more confidence he like it would take all tobias i think tobias could do it but tobias doesn't have the background the confidence whatever that like last is to give it to him tv show tobias absolutely has the confidence (laughs) that damn leather jacket is great (laughs) tobias as the green ranger got this Um, yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with you. I think, like, in terms of if there were a plan for Jake going, I don't know, to Vale with his family for spring break, then yeah, leave Tobias in charge. Right. If it's this sort of battlefield promotion, okay, shit's gone bad. That's oh, Rachel. where Rachel takes. Yeah, makes more sense. Yeah. And like, if they were all adults, theoretically, Marco's the great like people reader. Yeah, the person that you're going to want at the end of the day to decide, like, which team to send in, like, if they were ahead over everything. He's the really conniving, sees through the bullshit, because most of it is his own, you know, that decision. And I think that would put, if he was in charge, would put more stress kind of on him and everybody else. I don't know, like, it would be more cold and calculating and kind of scary. Now, here's my question. With all of this said, and... With me in agreement on a lot of this. Do you think there is any path for what's going on in this book that is more successful than what Cassie does solo? Are you talking about in this book alone? In this book alone. Okay. So I don't think anybody else would have been as successful, but I think this book also really, really shines a light on the fact that either the creators or someone doesn't think through these exit because it is unrealistic that she got out as a bird. It is. Like, that was stretching things, admittedly. It's also stretching things, the fact that she morphed into a human in a yerk pool and no yerk tried to crawl into her head. She didn't try to cover her ears or anything. There was a line about her having to smack them away. No, I know that. And then more would come in the place. But it's like, none of them tried to go for her ear. What? When you say, are you saying that which character would do better than Cassie if left alone? Or are you saying... No, I'm saying in in the scenario in which this book, the scenario they are placed in in this book, would the team as a whole or would anyone else have come up with a plan that had a better outcome than what 
Cassie managed solo. No, no. Axe would have died with anybody else. Axe wouldn't have even gone. Oh, sorry. I was just thinking Axe is the solo person. No, 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 no. Axe X would have died in, in anybody else's case. Yeah. Nobody else would have tried to save the Yerk. I don't know. I, they would because the Yerk knows all of their identities. Okay, they, they might the have... The Yerk didn't know all of their identities? No. None of, nobody else would have gone through Okay. Nobody fair, else fair. would have trusted the Yerk to put it in X's ear, though. No. That's very true, too. And and even if they did go get the Yerk, I'm not sure it would have been to try to save the Yerk. Like, there are at least a couple of them who would have probably just tried to end the Yerk and be done with it. Yeah. I am really glad at the end when they're discussing... Because um, I knew she she turned into a whale. Um, I'm glad that it the book focuses on it as like a group decision and that it was Jake that came up with this idea and not Cassie because it's good to see kind of that morality and that like flexibility being shared yeah yeah also but no I don't think anybody else would have pulled this off and especially not the surgery part also I'd just like to point out that if I were an anamorph Aftran would have died because I did not think of the blue cube at all once as an outcome <laughs> and was very very excited when when I found out that that was the way that they went with it it was like the alternate David ending but for good <laughs> they talked so much about David or like alluded to some David so much at the beginning that yeah. I was like it it was always in my yeah. mind this is the only major moment that has been spoiled for me in the Discord. Did I do that? Um, I don't remember if it was you or someone else. It was. It's. It was you it, or one other person. It was a conversation. I couldn't remember if it. Was, I don't know. Are you in? It the, doesn't matter. Are you in the spoiler channel? Yeah. Is that where this was? We still try to keep most of the spoilers. Oh, do you? Oh, okay. As much as possible. Yeah. yeah. That was the best thing that anybody's ever done with me is when Megan took my phone away and just <laughs> turned off the spoiler channel. It never existed again after that, and I don't have yeah. to worry about it. Yep. I think this was in that, like, I don't know, few months we had the Discord before Discord added the spoiler tags, and I was just scrolling okay. through and saw. Yeah. yeah. So I knew that that was where this one was going, but only because I had that one reminded, had that reminder recently. Can we talk about Cassie doing the surgery? Like, one, traumatize me. We but. can, <laughs> but first can we talk about Cassie's Noah Wiley dream? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so great. I saw a seawall and a life, I think that's the second one, this past weekend, not this past weekend, two weeks ago. Yeah. And they're two one-act, one-person shows that are, like, joined together to i think it was like a 90 minute show and the only thing they kind of have in common is that they both reference er <laughs> so that was in my mind i was like oh er is still in my life right now but also noah wiley can get it when the 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 part so there was a lot of like disgusting stuff with descriptions of the yerk crawling into the brain and then the brain surgery itself but it was the part where she removes part of the skull with the whole saw and then she just kind of says i'll just put that back it'll grow back just kind of like <laughs> just place it back in place and just fold that skin flat back around it and just hope for the best i think that's kind of what they do i yeah, actually that's... really don't know that's yeah, like the I have one no surgery idea. i haven't had <laughs> But it, it kind of, like, if that's what they do, I find that troubling. <laughs> I mean, once he morphs again, that'll heal. Ah, good point. True. I didn't think about uh, that. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. He won't just have to because worry about we, it. Just because we have space germs that <laughs> don't heal when you morph in this one. Yeah. I also like how it attacks this one gland that they have, but is supremely contagious to humans. Yeah. Like, and know, birds. Just, and birds, yeah. Well, I, I think it's because Tobias was in human form when he came in contact with I it. mean, there are plenty of flus that are transmittable between humans and birds. It's not sure. unrealistic that he could have caught it as a bird. I do like at the end when he's like, I don't think Cassie's dad's really a veterinarian. <laughs> he tried to shove a pill. Where did he try to shove that pill? <laughs> We will never know. <laughs> yes, we will. It's his cloaca. 
And then the fireworks go off because a new record has been set. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you're ever driving by uh, my house and you see fireworks just going off above it, it's because I've just worked the word cloaca in the conversation. I'm the best at what I do, and what I do is specific and weird. Fair. Uh I think it's the fact that Cassie walks around, like, gathering these tools with such cold precision comes to mind. Like, she's not... I would be sitting here and be like, I don't remember what any of these things fucking do. I don't know. What What am I going to do? Like, um, how does one stitch? Even though, like, I know how to stitch. Like, the amount that I would freak out in my 30s, and this is a child being like, all right, so I know I'm going to need that and that... Let's test these different saws. You know what? Okay, so all I could think about. um, Okay, so worked at the medical examiner's office for a little while. So I've seen the saws. You worked where? At the medical examiner's office. Um, (laughs) Gonna need to know more about that. (laughs) It was my internship, my senior year in high school. But uh, the saws they used to show me. Have I never told you that? That's legit, one hundred percent true. But uh, the saws that they have, they would show me like if you pushed it against bone it would saw but if you pushed it against your finger something soft it would just immediately stop and so that would be my fear is like these saws that they have in this place like what if i push too far with the whole saw and that's the end of x that would be that was all i could think about the whole time i was like good grief just trying to use a saw with like that kind of precision would be horrifying horrifying why not give the books about animal surgery brain surgery whatever to eric to read and like be like <laughs> you know what you're doing so it. wait well wasn't that part of it like wouldn't that count against the violence thing didn't they mention that i don't know that he couldn't perform the surgery because he couldn't intentionally do those types of things no they said he couldn't perform the. Sur- they they said that if axe got delusional and ran away he couldn't that stop he couldn't it. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think I planted that in my brain that it was the same thing. Like, he can't cut a hole in an Andalite because that would be virtually an attack on an Andalite. No, they asked the question, in fact, like... I think he said something like any he, of the, a, he do, hasn't had doctor experience since yeah. the 15th. Oh, is that they what asked, They asked, do any of the Chi have experience with doctoring or surgery? And he's like, well, my, my pretend father was a surgeon in, I think, France in the 15th century. You don't want him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is kind of interesting interesting to think about like they can do all these amazing things but apparently you know holding a drill nope <laughs> yeah i mean just imagine if they actually win this war like what cassie can do like not just veterinarian school of any sort fucking like intergalactic <laughs> veterinary if, vet school. She, if they win this war cassie is moving to like some remote tropical or otherwise biodiverse bio biodiversely unique area and only ever dealing with animals again i i'm gonna go ahead and say that it is my thought that cassie wins a nobel prize at some point of some sort no cassie will just go hide not hide will go live peacefully in a place where she never has to deal with this bullshit ever again and just study and take care of animals she will be jane goodall on steroids but what about jake you think he'd want a life like that I think if Jake wants to a couple of times take a pontoon plane in and out of whatever region Cassie is in, 
to catch up that she will be all for that. You don't think they're in game? They're maybe not even teenagers yet. Like, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> there are people that shared marry their, I don't know. It, it's different than like. Yeah, your shared experience the 13-year-olds is, here is turning into animals and, and fighting aliens. Like, it's going to be. Relationships born in Trump. Yeah. There are, and there is a lot of common ground there, and I'm not saying I'm against it, but, like, they're kids. I'm not going to sit here and assume that they're going to be married in their 70s. Like You are sounding like me, and I don't like it because I don't want to argue against that. (laughs) What I'm hearing is I win. (laughs) But at the same time, Rachel and Tobias have always been endgame. Oh, no, Rachel and Tobias are absolutely endgame, but he's a bird, so (laughs) endgame is very limited there. No, that's not true if the war ends he can return to human form long term give up morphine powers i mean if they both survive sure Although that applies to anyone i guess if they if they yeah. survive speaking of we have officially passed that halfway point yes any thoughts on how we're going how this end game's coming up i don't know you just put me in this weird place where i'm trying to figure out how rachel and tobias end up and i would no i would that. love <laughs> to to think that somehow it works out and you know like i don't know He's happy as a human again, just so that can happen, but I don't know now. He becomes a fighter pilot. I think that's the first time I've heard you kind of acknowledge that maybe this isn't going to be like a black and white ending. Yeah. Like, I, uh, yeah, everything's going to be great. Why are well, you acting like it's, it's not going to be? It's because it's like the more and more we talk about how Tobias is only happy as a bird. Well, then how's he going to be happy any other way? And that would be... Maybe Rachel will also be happy as uh, a maybe. bird. Maybe. I doubt it, though. Um, Rachel will not give up malls and clothes yeah. that easily. Come on now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Also her family. It's, it's interesting to think about. I'm, I'm going to stew on that one for a little while. <laughs> I like that family comes third after malls <laughs> and clothes. Priorities, come on. Yeah, fair. I'll, I'll stew on it for a while. I'll come up with something. A, a, a f- it is something to start, prediction. like, I mean, the last time that we really talked about it, you were like, no, this is going to be a happy ending. Everybody's going to survive. <laughs> Maybe some minor characters are going to die. You keep changing and... what I said. <laughs> You keep changing what I said. I did not say it would be a happy ending. I said that everybody would live. I did not suggest that everything would be happy. Those are those are two different standards. Okay, fine. How about this? That they would win the war and that everybody would win. Yes, would live. And I'm I'm still standing by that. I still believe that. Okay. They win the war, but nobody noticed that comet. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying, like maybe somebody ends up in positions where they don't want to be, but. I don't know. I'd have to work on that. I'll stew on that for the next fortnight. You'll stew on that the same way that someday Rachel will stew and then sup on tonight. I hate that that comes up every episode. I now want an encounter for no spiders and no Tobias barbecue talk. Barbecue talk. (laughs) you. So... We've kind of touched on the York peace movement. Anything else we want to talk about there? Um, I hope that becomes a much bigger thing in this yeah, story. Same. I, like, I, I really like that would be so much fun to me if there was a new faction and it was the peaceful Yurks. It's a bit of a flimsy premises for me, and I don't remember much of the 30s, like that 
so I don't know if they come back or anything like that. The book is not my <laughs> age. Well, I was thinking, we have this we, conversation I every know, time. I, went I know, but Tim laughs every because time. Because I went straight to the 1930s again. And I'm like, <laughs> nope, still doesn't make sense. Um, so I don't know if it comes back, but this whole premise is of like, there's a lot of Yorks that don't have hosts because they want to find a uh, willing host or like someone who wants to be on the peaceful, not someone who's willing to let the Yorks take control of everything. Two different kind of willing hosts here. I loved and how are they finding oh, these I don't people? Know. But I loved the Tidwell story. I was like, look, I don't I don't really have anything else and this seems like a good cause. Yeah, it's kind of implied his yeah. wife died. Yeah. I think it's more yeah, than I think implied. It's I think said, it's said straight yeah. out. I, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I read this very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> like so, when it hit his memories, I went, Oh god, Cassie, get control, yeah. get control. I don't want to know his memories. So I think that what we need an axe could go ahead and get to work on this is an app. Uh, like Tinder, we'll call it Slither. Okay. That is... Is it E-R or just R? Just an R. S-L-I-T-H-R. No. That is an app to match humans who are lonely with Yerks who need hosts. Okay. I- I'm not a fan of the name, but I dig the premise. I mean, if you can come up with a better name, be <laughs> I'm my I'm going to work on that. I'll workshop that as well. Because that one... But it needs, the... to, it needs to end with <laughs> a missing yeah. E and an that R. That one creeps me out. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it is the title of a horror yes. movie as well. So, that's like... That is such movie. a good... That's James Gunn, too, right? That's a very good uh-huh. horror movie. I think Slither is a good name for this <laughs> I just... The level of... I've been, like, debating all day, would you be a part of this? Like it... Slither? No. Oh. Would you be part of this Yerk peaceful movement? No. I mean, would you willingly allow a Yerk into your head to kind of help? S- situationally, I would. In my, given my current situation, no, I would not. But if I were... Does, yeah. The Yerk lets Tidwell take control occasionally, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And okay. it sounds like they have like conversations with each other and they like hang out yeah. and are cool. Also, you know? I mean, like, Tidwell even says that the Yerk is good yeah, company. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why... Does he kind of freak out that Cassie can't get control if, like, Tidwell occasionally has control of Well, he's had a lot of time to get used to it. Yeah, I think the the stress in Tidwell and Cassie not having control is more the limited amount of time than anything else. You give her a good week or two, it would be a non-problem also. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, I guess, at the end of the day, what they're trying to accomplish other than, like, peaceful controlling, I guess. I mean, it's any social movement that is that is yeah. initially a fringe movement. It is slow over time trying to change narrative. And I would yeah. call it... There's no way that a Yerk peace movement does anything overnight. And I, I, I wouldn't call it controlling as much as I would call it looking more towards a yeah, symbiotic relationship. Like, what, what can we do for the humans as well as the humans do for us? And it, it sounds mean, like he's giving this man company. So even if that's a small thing, it's something. And if we look on a more... Um, uh, cosmic scale, we have seen the uh, uh, planet of the sentient vacuum cleaners, Accordions, the Yerk, Yort, Escort. Is- yeah, the, the Escort. Escort, that's it. We've seen the Escort. We have learned that in part the Escort come to be because of what goes on on Earth. Maybe the presence of free Yerks on Earth, or not free Yerks, Yerks that are not wanting to enslave people over hundreds of years becomes the social impetus for let's build these robot bodies once we meet the escort. Uh-huh. Let's do what they have done. Yeah. I don't know if I would do it or not. I really don't. Yeah, it's hard to say. Like, it's if you knew that, like, everybody you knew was going to, like, perish, that uh, might be a motivator. 
If it was like 10 yurks hanging out here and they're like, hey, we want to do this thing, I'd be like, no. I'd let a cool yurk chill in my head. It would take an inordinate amount of trust for like, hey, there's this yurk peaceful movement and all it requires of you is like, just share a body, essentially. And we're just trying to, you know, both live and hopefully get through this war and whatever. And then you're like, yeah, okay, fine. I will help whatever I can to get this enslavement to stop. And then it's like, oh, no, I've got a yurk in my head. And they lied. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, lying yurks would be a problem. Yes. Like I said, a cool yurk. I would let a cool yurk do it. I would also read from the book, so... The uh, you'd have to go through an Aftran like experience with the Yerk. Be like, yeah, okay, yeah. You couldn't just walk up to a Yerk with a little sign on the side of the street that says, <laughs> "Be my host." Be my host. Be my host. I was on at the mall yesterday. Um, there is the best line while they're in the Yerkel, and it is Visor Three yelling at them, "Why can't you hit?" This damn bird, why can't any of you shoot? Something along those lines, and it is the best summary of his group. <laughs> I mean, also stormtroopers. Yes. I mean, like, she's a bird. Come on. I immediately went to Dick Dastardly and Motley. Stop the pigeon. Stop the pigeon. The, uh, the, the part that I read, I, I don't know if this is the same quote that you're talking about, but this is where I got that same feeling. Would it be too much, or would it yep. be asking too much for one of you to actually hit something? Yep, that's yep. the one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and we do get the, like, excellent bird pooping action. Yeah. But this, like, getting out of the York pole, it really reads as, like, we had great ideas for getting him in there. Eel. And then, like, Cassie turns into a York. That was actually really cool. I really yeah. actually like yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. thing. Yeah, just walk in the front door is the best answer yes, here. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And I can't imagine that they're going to use it again because I can't imagine anybody wants Cassie, like, actually in their head. But that, that sounded, like, really mean. But, like, I wouldn't want any of you in my head. Like, <laughs> the, uh, no. The sneaking the other yurk in as the goldfish yeah. from the fair, I thought was <laughs> yeah. a good one. Just put it in a bag, put it in your pocket, and let's go. Um, but, yeah, all of that I really liked. I just hope at some point they focus on, let's actually make a plan to exit as well. I'm not gonna lie, I got super into this one. I was no, it's like, a great book. Yeah, I got sucked in pretty hard towards the end of this one, starting with the York pull and ending with the surgery. I will say this for the exit strategy thing: what one time has a plan gone right where they could actually use an exit strategy if they had one? You know, I don't know, but maybe if they had one, it would go right. <laughs> The, um, what was it, the one last book where it turned out there was actually nothing wrong and the scientists couldn't do anything? <laughs> I forgot yeah. Good God. Totally wasted that Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Could have been doing homework, saving my grades. Anything else we want to discuss with this book? Uh, yes. I have this? some Marco shade. Okay. What else is new? They are asking Axe what the normal body temperature of an Andalite is. And he says, 91.3 of your degrees, he added. Axe, they're everyone's degrees, not our degrees. J'accuse, Marco. They are not everyone's degrees. (laughs) Have you ever heard of the goddamn metric system? He may not have. I don't know when you learned the metric system in school, honestly. I don't ever remember not knowing there was a metric system because every analog thermometer had both on it. That's true. I don't know that I agree with this, as that if you don't accept a certain measurement device, it means it is not your measurement device. Because that would mean that X is right this whole time. I can accept that X is right this whole time. (laughs) What I cannot accept is that 94 of my degrees are 94 of an Australian's degrees because 94 of my degrees are 40 
36 of their degrees. Yes. Otherwise, they're like, man, how are you not actually, like, in a pan and basted and delicious? 94 of their degrees is almost boiling. (laughs) Yep. And while it may feel that way right now, you're not actually boiling. So much beeping to do in this episode. (laughs) Oh, no. There's just going to be a lot of cutting about baseball. (laughs) Uh, You know, just like the Braves should have cut Dan Cole in 2005. (laughs) <laughs> you said that you had an answer for a question I that is do. over a year old. Almost a year old. Almost On a year old. December 6th of last year, listener Jesse wrote in to ask what color Andalite blood is. Oh. And we get an answer in this book. It is blue-black. It is, incidentally, the same shade of ink I write in. Oh, that's fun. I'm glad to know that your lots of Andalites suffered for you to have writing utensils. <laughs> yes, I apparently write in Andalite blood colored ink. Um, I use the Happy Uniball <laughs> Vision Elite. Um, this you is also not... want to use the blood of Andalites too. Yeah. But the, the specific shade I use, while it was really easy to find up to about a decade ago, is super hard now and I have to order them online. Nice. But I love these pins. They write very smoothly. We are not sponsored by Uniball. The Andalites are going extinct, and thus your pins are less (laughs) frequently being made. Well, you know, hey, if that was the plan Visser 3 came up up with that finally succeeded, good (laughs) on ya, uh, Esplan, whatever, 9466. Is that the the money-making scheme this week? We all morph Andalites and (laughs) have a big bloodletting for ink for Alex's pin? Yes, you know what? I'm going to go with that. Yes. We are going to we are going to sell our Andalite plasma to Uniball. <laughs> nice. Uh are there really any um anything that modern day would change or like there aren't any camera moments here? There aren't any camera moments here. Um I'm going to go with probably not on this. Well, okay, no, there's one thing. They would be less impressed by Eric's ability to generate Wi-Fi. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. I did. That was a really enjoyable moment. Yeah. I do like how much Eric is popping up because it's like we're introduced to Eric and then it's like the Chi are there. They're a thing. I enjoyed his entrance in this one too. Usually, I'm the one bringing you bad news. This is kind of refreshing. (laughs) But I like that he's super chill about it and yeah. is like, yeah, sure, I'll sit with Axe. That's not a big deal. What's a few uh, days? I helped build the pyramids. Yeah. <laughs> to entertain myself, I try to see how many books I can read at once. <laughs> that feels very real. What's your uh, record, Meg? I mean, like, at the exact same time, <laughs> I can only do one. <laughs> but, like, how many books do I read tangentially, like, at the same time? Usually four or five. Uh, let's see what else we got. Um. All right. Alex, got any animal facts for us this week? Pigs. Oh, God. Have been recorded using tools for the first time. What kind of tool? Um, a species of Visayan, called a Visayan warty pig, which is critically endangered and native to the Philippines, picked up a piece of bark in its mouth and used it to dig. <laughs> There is a uh, there is a quote here by uh, Meredith Root Bernstein, a researcher who was visiting the Parisian Zoo where she noticed this, and I quote: "I said, whoa, that's pretty cool." <laughs> 
She she followed up. When I looked up tool use in pigs, there was nothing. So she returned over time to continue watching their behavior. Um and didn't see a lot more of it or any more of it. She hypothesized that what she'd seen was related to nest building. Um, And the following spring, when she came back in nest building season again, she saw the pigs pick up, uh, three of the four pigs pick up and use tools to help build their nests. They join 17 other wild pigs, uh, uh, hang on. They join chimpanzees, crows, dolphins, and, uh, are the first pig species of the 17 wild pig species and domestic swine to be recorded using tools. Well, we've been replaced. My first reaction was just, did a woman see a pig pick up a stick and then couldn't figure out how to let go of the stick? But apparently not. Also, I think pigs are actually very smart. From- pigs are supposed to be. There's actually, yeah. there's actually a comment here by Root Bernstein pointing out it's kind of strange that this has never been observed before, given that pigs are known to be well are, are known to be intelligent. They're also cleaner than they're given credit for, too. I think. Yes. Well, the cleanliness thing is interesting because they are like environmentally cleaner, but they do tend to have fairly weak. Uh, gastrointestinal systems that are prone to leaching things out into other parts of their body oh okay yeah anyway pigs can dig holes with tools i like that yeah hey also one moment hey hey that'll do pig that'll do There's a, a moment in this book where they talk about morphing cockroaches to okay. ride the pipes. A cockroach uh-huh. can hold its breath for 40 minutes. I went and looked this up oh, because okay. I was curious about this. Because Just I wondered if that was like, yeah, in a pipe. yeah, was that a terrible idea or was that a good idea? And so yeah. I was kind of on the fence at 40 minutes. I was like, it's not an awful idea, but I don't but know also, if 40 minutes is enough. Also, like, would they have been able to navigate as cockroaches? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I didn't go into that far about it. But Probably the, not the aquatic reaction time. You'll probably a better choice yes yes agreed those are fucking terrifying this book did not help me get over my eel. also eel fears eels i think are smaller than i thought they were because they made depends them sound rather the eel. what what depends on the eel oh what were they in this they said they were like six inches that's, that's way smaller than i thought they were maybe they yeah, were there's baby definitely eels. been some chopped episodes where they used an eel and it was large like flotsam and jetsam sized no <laughs> But that would be great. Um, all right. So we don't have any new questions or uh, reviews. We do have some new followers on Twitter. So thank you for that. Um, so let's go to Tim's prediction. We are coming up on Megamorphs 3. Um, so knowing what you know about Megamorphs. Yeah, this one's going to be a big story. Yeah. Um, okay, so... It's going to be Buck Wild. I have no idea what the title is. I have not looked at the book. I don't know anything about the book. But my theory is time travel to the future. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, oh, and this it, is not the Megamorph I thought it was. I just flipped in the back of the book to it. I must have picked up number four. Okay. Um, I, I assume we're going to travel to the to the future. Um, and we're going to meet new alien races and possibly future versions of the Animorphs themselves. Do you think we will get to see uh, evil dare. future Rachel again? Don't no, 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 no. I think this will be some kind of future uh, different from that. Okay. Perhaps I had first thought like way further in the future. The 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 Animorphs, Animorphs. twenty ninety nine. Yeah, something like that. Um, the uh, the possible Animorphs in the future was kind of an additional thought. It might even be like a like an uh, ancestry type type deal, like where they are the ancestors. Uh, like they're gonna go visit like all their children. Yeah. Or children's children's children. Yeah. 
So do you think we'll get to see any half-human, half-bird children? No. I, I, I'm i on the point where I that resolves itself somehow, but I have yet to figure out how. But I, I believe I mean, that... there is like a very, very clear way it can resolve that's I not mean, it's, great. Sure, sure. <laughs> There's probably two or three of those, but like... Um, but, Why have I never seen Daddy for more than two hours yeah. at a time? <laughs> why does he spend so much time in the bathroom? And why is it always covered in bird poop when he leaves? Oh, God. Also, did either one of you look up which charmed character you are? You know, I definitely thought about it. We're going to do it right now. I didn't because we never actually even discussed, like, which charmed we were talking about. Oh, uh, I, there's only one charmed. No, there are two. No, there's no, definitely two. I, I'm taking my stand here. There's only one charmed. Have you watched the new charmed? It's actually really good. not. But I think somebody actually told me it was really good, too. Probably me. Yeah, it probably was. <laughs> which means I'll probably like it, too. Going, but it'll be two you'll, years you'll before I watch it. That I've never actually told you to, like, watch Riverdale. Like, I kind of have an idea yeah. of what you like. <laughs> But it's okay. So you made me watch Chuck, and I spent like four days doing nothing but watching Chuck because I loved it so much. And I'm doing the same thing with Veronica Mars now. They're just really good. Someday shows. you'll be able to read my Supernatural Gilmore Girls, Veronica Mars, and Chuck fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I got Paige. I'm Paige. And my charmed sister, BuzzFeed Quiz, which I didn't even know that her name was Paige. So I can see that. You are the youngest child. Yeah. I'm the oldest, youngest child. <laughs> was Paige a sister? Yes. In 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 story? Yes. She's the half-sister. Spoilers for a show that ended, like, 12 years ago. <laughs> and also for that twist that happened in, like, I think 2001? I somehow also got Paige. I'm not accustomed <laughs> to Tim and me getting the same result in quizzes. What did you do? Like a charmed BuzzFeed? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we did that. Right, I, I posted it in the Discord. Did we do the same oh. one, Tim? Uh, Probably. Let me take a look. Uh, I believe it's the same. Did. Cool. Uh, I think we both got Targaryen when we took the Game of Thrones quiz. I think that's the only other time we've gotten the same no, this. Oh, hey, I understand what that means now. This one is very different than the one that I took. Okay, okay we'll take, take this, this one. one. too. Okay. I also don't think this is right, because I am definitely not a free spirit. No, sorry, you're not. <laughs> you're a free spirit and extremely passionate. You don't always know what you want, but you're very open to trying new things. You're independent, outspoken, and go whichever way the wind blows. Oh, I am totally Piper this time. Piper's my favorite. Well, no, that can't be right. Then take it again, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Who do I want to vanquish? This is hard. I vanquished the ugly dude with the teeth. His teeth were freaking me out. The warlock? Yeah. Did either of you actually watch Charmed? Nope. Nope. I saw maybe a few episodes, like... I feel like we've covered this before. I was not allowed to watch anything with witches or whatever because all you know was satanic. I don't know how I got away with watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Probably because they read the comics as children. No, my father has never read a comic in his life. Um, My mother, maybe, until her mother burned hers. But my father has never read a comic in his life. And he was the one who was so anti-witch shows. I got Phoebe, and I don't know how. Which one is Phoebe? Phoebe is the original youngest child who also... It was Alyssa Milano. Okay. I was going to say, she's the one who sings the song about the cat? No. Wrong show. Oh my gosh, you're such a romantic. You love love and care deeply about your relationships, whether romantic, platonic, or familial. You're very in touch with your emotions and have no problem expressing yourself. Yeah, that's all bullshit. So I think what we've learned is this quiz is bad. Yeah, I I have a maternal instinct. 
<laughs> I mean, make it paternal. And how do you feel about that? Uh, actually, I would yeah, think that's, that's very true. That's, actually, that's probably accurate. Yeah. Well, this was valuable time well spent. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> Also, nobody unless they listen to both paleology yeah, and minds yeah. at York, they're not gonna understand. <laughs> um, did we get enough of predictions from Tim? Did we agree? I that? really don't think we did. I don't uh, think so. All right, let's go. Through. Like, what would be the benefit of traveling to the future? I don't. I don't think they do it on purpose. Well, sh- I think they are thrown into the future. Okay, but there's always a point for the time travel. Except for when they went to visit dinosaurs, I guess. But that was also like a Sario rip. Um, uh, they have to battle something. Now that doesn't make sense either. Why would they go to the future? I was really hoping to just get away with they went to the future. Um, We've got to go back, Marty! It's your kids! Someone from the future came and stole something from their time and they have to go collect it back. Which, back to the Who? future, is that? <laughs> that that's two. It was, yeah, it was two. It was two. <laughs> That's two in which Biff Tannen basically yes. is Donald Trump for a movie. Yeah, he steals the sports almanac. Okay, Tim. Yes. Which uh, supporting characters will appear in this book? Uh, an alien race? The... That can be an answer, but like named characters who we have seen before. Who, if anyone, do we see in this? What Jeremy. Jeremy and... and... Who the fuck is Jeremy? Jeremy and Helmet. Is that her name? Helmet? Jaremy and Ket Helpak. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can't help hack. Okay. <laughs> it was like, who the fuck is Jeremy? Yeah. Jeremy and Jetpack, you Jer- know. <laughs> Mainstays. <laughs> Jeremy and Jetpack, you know. Marco's two guinea pigs. You know how in like movies and stuff when they're like create a side character that's only on screen for like two seconds and then that's like the character everybody falls in love with? <laughs> it's yeah. now Jeremy. Yeah. Jeremy and Jetpack. <laughs> oh, yes, they'll show up. Jeremy, Axe's magical sword and jetpack. <laughs> His jetpack. <laughs> <sighs> These sound like items from Dora the Explorer now. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Just... Krayak, no Krayaking. <laughs> I'm the droid. 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 I'm the Drode. <laughs> I would love it if Krayak and the Drode showed up. Why Do you think you either of them will? Then? No, because I don't think they will. Why? I don't know why. I, d- I just have a feeling that they will not be in this book. <laughs> Which I guess means I should change it to they will be in this book. <laughs> or should you? <laughs> No, because if I do, then they won't be in the book. Okay. So are you intentionally guessing that they're no, not because no, no, no. you feel like that secret's into the world that they will be? I really feel like if you made me put money on it right now, they are not in the book. Okay. <laughs> You're not arguing that in some way your no. brain is quantum entangled with K.A. Applegate's brain in 1998. <laughs> and that 99, by your... we're in 99. Do you think she wrote this one in 99? Yes. Okay. I don't think they wrote it more than two months in advance. Okay. Are you saying then that you think your brain is quantum entangled with K.A. Applegate's 20 years earlier, and that if you say yes, they'll be in it, that will lock in that she guarantees they won't? Yes. Okay. That's probably accurate. Tim's brain full of spooky action. Yes. Did y'all have a a sticker on yours that says join the sanctuary? Yeah, I was trying to remember what that is. Where is it? On the cover. I did not. 
It's not because I read mine all digitally, but yes, I saw that sticker. Mine does do not it. have one, which is probably back to the whole, was it bookstore or book sale? Or, you know, like Scholastic monthly book order? Yeah. Um, the oh, sanctuary is the, like, you could subscribe in every month or season or whatever, get a box of, like, cheap Animorphs junk. It so it's, it's like a fan club, yeah. It was... Yeah. Animorphs Loot Crate. The readers would see an, receive an introductory pack with three gifts, three subsequent newsletters, and through those mailings, a total of three secret codes that would allow access to view content on special parts of the Scholastic Animorphs website. Yes. It included an Animorphs amulet slash necklace with the A logo, a Sanctuary official passport, an Animorphs Sanctuary poster, the first newsletter, all inside a black folder sealed with the, an A logo sticker. I don't know if I got this or not. I don't know if I did or not either. I I feel like I can picture the necklace. I want to get the necklace now. I'm going to go on this hunt for an Animorphs necklace. If Looking it is this, what... I don't think I was a part of it. If it is what pops into my head, it's like a slightly oversized pog on mm, a necklace. Probably accurate. Like... No, heavy duty like cardboard or plastic piece. huh it looks like a scrabble piece kind of okay then maybe i'm not picturing the right thing and must not have been in this i definitely don't think i was because this passport is like shiny and i don't remember any of this yeah and like fan clubs were not usually a thing that we had the extra cash sitting around for yeah that's what i was thinking too was that this was definitely something yeah. my parents would have been like no oh maybe it's metal it I'm looking at a larger picture. Like, I got the books every month because a lot of the time my grandmother in Ohio bought them and mailed them down to me. We can look at the newsletters, though. Yeah. I want to see what they say. Hang on. Oh, their email formats. Ready? <clears throat> Two members only. Subject. Classified. Are you alone? We can't be too careful, you know, especially when we're giving you secret information. This is serious stuff. In order to access the sanctuary this year, you will need four passwords. Here's the first. Remember, this word is for your eyes only. Don't trust another soul. The information you're about to receive could threaten the safety of the entire planet. I don't know if I should tell you guys this. <laughs> I don't know if you should. I don't know if I can be trusted. I have admitted I would let friendly Yorks in my head. <laughs> the passcode is the key. All one word, all capitalized. This password takes you into the sanctuary area of the animal website where the leader oh wait the insider information downloads and more will be available okay for some reason i thought this would be more oh cool here's okay from don't call me prince at animorphs.com subject sanctuary that one's jake teen stud 99 that one's marco (laughs) cc animal l-u-v-r at animorphs.com that one's probably cassie but could be uh tobias Or Rachel, I guess. He's an animal and Rachel's lover, and she loves an animal. That could be any of them. One, two, three, four, shop. That one's definitely Axe. Bird boy. (laughs) And Cinnabuns at Animorph.com. How many times do you think Axe has tried to Google Cinnabuns and wound up on porn? (laughs) So many times. Hey, uh, quick gut check. Which is a creepier name, the sharing or the sanctuary? Both sound like cults and both sound bad. Yes. The sanctuary being the worst of the two. Which is worse? The sanctuary? sanctuary. Is it because of this? No, you didn't remember this existed. No, I call it because it's where I go when I want peace from the world. Fair. Which is worse? The sanctuary, the sharing, or the farm? (laughs) 
the farm. So uh, in my hometown, there is a wealthy subdivision that is is, like annexed into the city, but out in the county that is called the farm. It is what I think of every time I watch this season of Riverdale. Well, season three of Riverdale, the season I'm currently watching. Oh, they had screensavers. Save the screen, save the world. That may be the only cool part of what was here. I bet that they were probably PC only, so even if I had had this, I wouldn't have been able to download them. Yeah. I don't know if these newsletters are actually worth reading, but I may take a look through all of them and let you know. (laughs) Cool. You can report back. All right. So, Tim gave bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) They go to the future or maybe the past for some reason, and maybe someone's there, but definitely not the Krayak and Drew. Yes. That is what we have gotten in 15 minutes. Yep. Do you think someone will die? No. No, not out of, not in an out of loop book, whatever you call these things, Megamorph. These are in canon. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm still going to stick with no. We would like to thank Christina Redspinks for our show art. If you are interested in getting some cool art, email c.spinks.animator at gmail.com or visit Chaos Does Art on Instagram. Peep our social meds. At Minds at Yerk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to send us questions, comments, or love letters, you can email us at minds at yerk at gmail.com. And our website is minds at yerk.com. You can spell yerk, Y-E-E-R-K. And you should spell it that way. <laughs> if you like us and want to help us out, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. If we are not available on your podcatcher of choice, please let us know. Are we Are we going to plug stuff? Uh, yes. Yeah, go ahead. Plug what What you got to plug. Hey, Tim, uh, want to plug something? Yeah. Uh, uh, the Haunted Hell House of Horrors. Everybody should go subscribe and listen to it. And tell the people that made it that I should do more stuff. <laughs> So we should just all dogpile and be like, yes. hire Tim. Yeah. Use Tim more. Yeah. <laughs> can you that do different who... accents? Um, yes. We'll just put it out there like I can. <laughs> Follow-up question. Would you call any of them good? Nope. <laughs> nope. We can just beep his answer out. Yeah. <laughs> I guess my laughter. <laughs> <laughs> nope. That one could play either way. <laughs> It's just me in one way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Alex, do you have anything to plug? Uh, Just the usual panelology. Uh, As you listen to this, our most recent episode should be our annual horror spooptacular, where we talk about spoopy comics a couple of weeks before Halloween. Meg is on it. Check it out. That's fun. Yep. Uh, <laughs> or does this one come out in two days? No, this one no, comes out. This one comes out next next week. week. Cool. Yeah, we would not have. Did we do that? Please tell me we didn't do that. I don't ourselves. think we did that because I. No, yeah, yeah, no, we're good. We're clear. We're good. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. As Tim is obnoxiously pointing <laughs> out, uh, I have a short story in an anthology that has been published. Uh, you can on my blog. I'm going to post all the details so you can find it. It's still in pre-buy for ebook for ninety nine cents or paperback for twenty five. And my mom likes it. <laughs> that is twenty five dollars in paperback, not twenty five cents, right? Yeah, twenty five dollars in paperback. Okay. Yes. Unit of measure. Sorry. It's all good. Uh. Yeah. I think that's all we got plug cool somebody say when when i couldn't stop yawning sounds like this episode (laughs) (laughs) i've been megan my name has been alex and i was tim and until then we fight